eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Online Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper. Piper making his live post-game pod debut as Illinois basketball starts off the season. We're here at State Farm Center, Illinois, beats Eastern Illinois 87 to 57. No pressure pipes with the first live post-game pod, man. Live means I can't mess up, right? That's what Brett Barron's always tells me. So uh, I'll try to do my best. We'll see. Yeah, Barron's prepared you with your pregame shows. Now we got the postgame shows. All right, here we go. Illinois tips off the season. Easy win against Eastern Illinois, as they are bought to do. And I think you gained a lot from a, a first game. This felt like a first game where Illinois can impose its will against a weaker opponent, but things uh, to clean up, certainly. But let's start with the, the two big positives in that. You may have two all Big Ten players on this team, and I don't want to go hyperbole off of one performance against a lower-level opponent, but Coleman Hawkins' best game in an Illini uniform, 23 points, 12 rebounds. That's his second double-double, and he went on a heater in the first half, 5 of 6 from 3 in the first half, 0 for 2 in the second half, but 12 rebounds, active defensively, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block shot as well, Uh, and then Terrence Shannon, Looked pretty dang good. That, that's the kind of guard Illinois has not had in a long time. 6'6", 6'7", 220, gets downhill. 13 free throws was just too short of getting into the top 10 in a single game in Illinois history. That duo looks like it's going to be a pretty good two-way duo because Shannon was great on the glass, great defensively as well. Yeah, and they really benefit each other with the way that Coleman can space the floor, open up that lane. I'm sure Terrence probably hasn't seen that much open space on each drive that he gets downhill to. And then for Terrence to really put pressure on the rim, as the season goes on, he continues to rack up those free throw attempts, those finishes at the bucket. The defense is going to try to collapse on him, which is just going to open up. If for shooters and, and a guy like Coleman, if he's going to shoot it like that, his draft stock, which is already projected in that second round, maybe early second round, could vault into the first. And now it's just one game. The season just started. But that was a very confident shooter and one that was barely even touching the rim on, on those threes that were going down. So he's hitting them from deep, hitting them confidently. And Coleman really is, and we can get into this, is really the key that 
unlocks all of what Brad wants yes. to do schematically, both offensively and defensively. You see him in the forefront of the press, pressuring the ball, being able to, to play into some traps in the way that he moves his feet and has the length, and then uh, offense, and then switching also within the half court, one through five switching because Coleman can guard guards and recover. I thought Illinois had some really good moments of that switching where. There'd be a moment where Sky would end up on the on the five man, but then my Matthew Meyer comes down, and then Sky kicks out, and just team cohesion that, of course, is going to take some time to work out, and you're going to have to do it against higher-level competition. But that was good to see. And then Coleman's floor spacing offensively, his decision-making, his passing, all opens yeah. – really opens everything for Brad to, to play that way. Yeah, I think Shannon is the – the hardest guy probably for opposing teams is going to be that guard who just scores a lot of points for this team, and he's really valuable. But you're right in that Coleman is the key to unlocking all of those things. Like, you can't do what Brad wants to do without a five-man. And Terrence, you know, kind of fought back on you and calling Coleman a five, but I think it's a great thing for Coleman to be a five. Uh, but to have that kind of versatile piece, both defensively and offensively, Derek, like, they don't have another guy like that, but then they can bring a guy like Dane Danger we'll get into who's different, uh, Matthew Meyer who's a little bit different, Ty Rogers a little bit different. That's why this was so exciting is because there's so much versatility. You know, you and I were sitting there talking about, you know, nine blocks tonight. Um, in the passing lanes, the switchability they had, it just looks so different from last year. Like, you didn't have guys who could recover defensively and, and have those blocks like they had. Like, R.J. Melendez three blocks tonight because he's 6'7 and really athletic. Coleman Hawkins can do that. Ty Rogers can do that. Terrence Shannon can do that. But Hawkins is the key to it all because he can just play so many roles. And if he's starting to hit threes like that, Derek, you brought up the the NBA draft stock. It's fine to bring that up early because he's already has an NBA draft stock, right? He's already a projected second-round pick by some of the, the top draft experts like Jonathan Gavoni. He starts making threes like that. It's only going to help him. And Brad Underwood – Told, told us that we said he couldn't make threes, by the way. No, he can make threes. We've seen this. We thought he could do that. He just didn't do it consistently until the end of last year. If he can hit 35 to 40% consistently, he's going to be a high draft pick. And then when he starts making threes, Derek, people are going to close out on him, and we know he can take people off the bounce. That just makes him so dangerous, so versatile. Yeah, he has so many things that he can react to and so many answers uh, with his skill set, with his versatility. And, yeah, and we knew coming out of high school that he was someone that could stretch the floor. I mean, he was considered a stretch four being because he could shoot the three, he could handle on the perimeter. It's just like you said, he'd been a sub-30% career three-point shooter in his career so far. So I don't, think we all, I don't think we all wrote him off in terms of being able to add that. It's just been one of the key pieces to elevating his game to the next level and also limiting some of those – mistakes where he gets out of control tonight didn't have a turnover uh, yeah. which again is something that he's going to have to sustain through higher level of competition and, and be able to play within himself but for a guy that we've seen in the past get a little too sped up get loose with the ball now one time he did lose it and then gathered it near the the half court mark and nailed a three from like 30 feet and Jermaine Hamlin could only shake his head and with a smirk but yeah absolutely Coleman is a huge part of that and defensively like you were saying with the athleticism and the length to recover individually in terms of those assignments, but we still haven't seen, which I think we will in time, just guys being able to help and guys being able to to cheat certain passing lanes and, and be able to just play as a, as a unit where you think about a Houston where it's not one guy stays on one guy th throughout the entire possession. It's being able to gravitate to the lane and then you scramble mode when you kick it back out, then, okay, I got this guy, you got this guy. And that takes some time to, to manifest, but with – how much 
area these guys can cover and then they can go up and and protect the rim without a true five rim protector is is exciting yeah and you know this team Terrence Shannon man um it's just we haven't seen a guy. I know I keep bringing this up. We just haven't seen a guy in an Illinois uniform look like that. Like, Ravante Rice was the closest physicality, athleticism-wise. He wasn't 6'6", right? Like, this is just a different kind of player that Illinois has. 13 free throws, 15 free throw attempts. He just gets downhill. And, again, I know it's Eastern Illinois. It's going to get tougher for him maybe to handle. But Brad Underwood saw something that even at Texas Tech, he didn't have this role. He didn't play – kind of a league guard where the ball's in his hands, go do what Io DeSumo did a little bit, off ball screens, things like that. Tonight was a nice first step. He had a couple turnovers early, three turnovers for the game, but for how much usage he had, how much production he had, this was a nice start to that role for Terrence Shannon. He wasn't a league guy at Texas Tech. He looks like he can be a league guy in the Big Ten. He definitely does. He's one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous, downhill guy in the Big Ten with his strength, with his explosiveness. And to this point, he's been a really good spot-up shooter. He's developed himself into that. And then also a transition, straight-line driver. Now he's got more game off the bounce. And they developed that. You look at his stats last year and pick and rolls and just playing off the bounce, it it wasn't all that good. He had a nice pull-up three tonight that was good to see. And then uh, just making some good decisions and being under control because I know hearing back in the summer it's like oh this is taking some time and while we'd like to put him in ball screens we're not seeing all the the reward of that early on but now they have confidence in in him in doing that and 15 free throws attempts is a career high for him so that's good to see and uh, for for a guy that had back issues last year you, you heard about you know you saw his free throw rate go down his rebounding rate go down now that he's feeling fully healthy. Fletch has done great work with him. And now that he's in, like you're saying, a more marquee role, I mean, he's your, he's your go-to guy offensively, you would imagine, especially when things get tough and you're in a bind, you need a bucket. Him going to the rim, getting to the free throw line, and he's an 80% career free throw shooter. So not only can he get to the line at a high rate, he makes those at a high rate. And this is why we like this team, right? Because Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins are next level talents um, and, and make one of the more talented duos in the Big Ten, I mean, it's going to be fun once we get to Big Ten play. Like, where will they rank among duos in the Big Ten when you know we see what Indiana has? We'll see if Hunter Dickinson can find Jet Howard to, to be his kind of running mate. It's going to be fun to talk about those things, but I think Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon are going to be in that running, and that just gives you such a high floor, Derek, if they, if they can be consistency. And one more thing I, I wanted to bring up with Coleman Hawkins. In April, there was still a little bit of an immaturity to him. Right, the, the what, you know, questioning what Illinois was going to bring in. Just that, that interview was weird with us, and there was an immaturity about his game. Of course, at times last year, just wearing his emotions on his sleeve, talking with him preseason, seeing what he's done the first couple games here at State Farm Center with a new team. There's a maturity about Coleman Hawkins that I've seen really arrive in the last six months, Derek. And he showed maturity last year late, you know, overcoming that, you know terrible slump he had mid-season and finding a way to make an impact on the team become one of the better players to come out of that some players don't come out of that don't want to come out of it they just want to transfer Coleman has really had a lot of maturity to him I think that's really exciting to see because he and Terrence were the the captains today and and Coleman and Terrence are the guys talking in the press conference of course they have a great game but I, I think that's really exciting to see him mature and go through those struggles and come out of it better for it 
Yeah, like you said, for him and Brad to clash a little bit last year and not to just run from that and be like, I got to go play for somebody else. Uh, And there was a little bit of friction between the two parties even this spring. And I do understand it from Coleman's perspective. You see the talent now flashing. Like he wanted to be a big part of the the future and and have a solidified role. And when Illinois is looking at a Pete Nance or a Matthew Meyer, he's he's wondering, you know, what does that mean for him? Not that he wouldn't play, but uh, I understand from a player's standpoint, especially in the new age of college basketball, you you want to to make sure it's – it's good for you too. I mean, yeah. you have that freedom of movement, and uh, this has been his his time, his time now. And uh, I think that he's obviously sees that. He, guys that like us who have been around him a lot in these interviews, you, you can just tell that he's different. He, he asks him like he's a veteran, like he's an older guy, and um, he sees the the chance to really show out himself. And uh, I think he's been good for this team, his approach, and being able to work through the times when, when Brad would get on him and those guys wouldn't be necessarily on the same page on playing time and everything. Uh, I mean, that bodes well for, for guys in the future. When Coleman could say, hey, I, I was feeling some of your same frustrations. You know, I, it, play through it, yeah. work it out, and, and stick through it. And that's, that's good when you have just a nature of wanting to leave and, and change in college basketball. And you can be a part of a Big Ten championship team and, and be an NBA draft prospect because that's how he's coming out of this. You're right, that's such a great sell uh, for Brad Underwood to have a guy like that in his program. And and RJ Melendez potentially could be a guy like that as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Let's get into some of the other really bright spots for Illinois tonight. Two off the bench. Danger zone. Uh, Dane Danger, what a debut. Um, you know, these guys were excited about him. I did think Brad Underwood kind of pulled back the reins as the offseason went along, but they were still excited about him internally, I know, Derek. 17 points, 10 rebounds, a lot of that in the second half. But there was an activity to him, certainly a good touch about him, at least not uh, inside the free throw line. He had a good touch. Illinois um, struggled from the free throw line, him and Ty Rogers, but 17 points, 10 rebounds. He's just a great piece. You know, when you have Coleman Hawkins, you have Matthew Meyer, you know, Terrence Shan, RJ Melendez all in the starting lineup, athletic, versatile, and then you can bring in a guy like Dane Danger who can give you that more traditional post. Uh, there's definitely a lot of size to him, man, but uh, a lot of skill to him as well. And, you know, getting after the glass, I think things will get tougher because he's not the most explosive guy, but um, he certainly gives you skill around the rim and a big body to, to body up some people. Yeah, I agree. He's got great touch around the rim with either hand that he can yeah, yeah. utilize and, and does show his footwork and just craftiness around the basket. It's not an above the rim type of guy all the time, although he did have a nice dunk here. He, he The light bulb really went on as he, he had that momentum push him to another level where he started to make some plays and Brad got on him about going chasing down some extra rebounds. And you just saw him, 
hit another gear. And a guy that's been waiting such a long time to really click in college, number one, hasn't played yeah. since the first semester of last season. But in general, nine minutes in college going into his third year. And this was someone that when he committed to Baylor, he was a top 50 prospect in his class, got out of shape, uh, didn't always live up to his entire potential in that in that sense, but his body is right. Uh, he's had a lot of experience in practice, and now he gets a chance to to play a, a meaningful role off the bench behind Coleman Hawkins. And uh, I think tonight was a really good start for him. I know that Brad will continue to push him to rebound and and just be more ferocious there in the paint because he's got a big body and and strong and everything. But. It was nice to see, and also a guy that can catch the ball at the free throw line, saw a little bit of the ball skill and, and get to the rim. Uh, that's a welcome sight for sure. Yeah, good passing team too. I thought you know they, they had some turnovers tonight. Uh, get, they're sped up a little bit, and they're trying to field themselves, but they do pass pretty well, and I thought Dane was a part of that uh, just so long. Like that's Seeing him in person, Derek, I wasn't at the exhibition with you because I was out at Nebraska. Dane is so long. Terrence is such a big human. Matthew Meyer is so long. Like that really shows up when you're in person. Even Michael Tulip, who was here tonight, uh, now that he lives in Indy, uh, that was the first thing he mentioned. He said, man, just seeing it in person, it's just a different team. Even Sincere's long. I was going to bring that up. Um, I know people compare him to, to Trent Frazier because he's got the Trent hair. Was it the Travis Scott haircut? Mm -hmm. the, the headband, the one that kind of looks similar. Lefty. Yeah, the lefty thing. They have completely different games. Like. Okay, Trent Frazier played defense. Not everybody who plays defense is Trent Frazier. He is ridiculously long. Like Trent Frazier came in here as this undersized scorer, right? Kind of like Jaden Epps. Uh, not as big as Jaden Epps, but that's kind of they were more similar to each other. Sincere Harris is more like the guy who recruited him. Chester Frazier, only he's way more athletic and he's way longer. No offense, Chester. I bet Chester was puffing out his chest after what we've seen in the first two games of live action of Sincere Harris. I, I tweeted out, Derek, he's like the Devin Witherspoon of the basketball team. There's just no chill to him, which sometimes could get him in trouble, but you love that you don't have to coach that into him. Um, you coach the skill, you coach all those other things, you coach the system. But man, he is he's going to be a fan favorite already, but I, you can see in project what he eventually can be. Like I, I've said, Tajay Moore is, is a great potential comp for him just because the athleticism, the springiness, the bounciness, and then he just gets after people. He's been really impressive. He's already playing his way into having some trust out of Brad Underwood, especially Brad mentioned in the postgame tonight, just the way he pressures the ball. And they can be a little bit more aggressive with that full court press when he's out there where I know that Brad has mentioned here recently, it's not all about getting turnovers. Well, sometimes it is. And I think that they let Sincere hunt a little bit more and they, they try to get traps and they try to uh, get those 10 second violations but they had a few tonight. And man, when he, you couple his defense with his effort and then the highlight potential of him attacking the basket. If he would have thrown that that baseline drive down, I said that Chester Frazier should have stood up, took a bow, standing ovation, just walked up the floor because this is a guy that had three high major offers and you ultimately traded the ultimate trade, Reggie Bass exits mm -hmm. and you, you bring in Sincere Harris and boy does that look like a great trade off and Sincere long term, yes, has a lot to be excited about. He's different than Chester or yeah different than Trent and Chester, but I think that the one thing when you saw the, the corner three from number one with the headband tonight, that was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's a little bit of Trent too. I, I get it though. They are different players. Yeah, nice to see him take a, a three confidently because if he can do that, he's going to play a, I agree with you. He's going to play a role, especially with Luke Goody out. They need more depth uh, and, and boy, he's what they want and what they want to do in the future to be so aggressive. And I don't know what his wingspan is, Derek, but 
it feels like it's like 6'8 for a 6'3 kid. Um, so the, the, he can just get in the passing lanes, especially with the way. And he just wants to play defense. Freshman, you come in, you play defense, you try, you work hard, you play hard, you're going to get a roll on the court. I thought Ty Rogers did that really well tonight as well. One for six from the free throw line. If he can get free throws, Derek, he's going to find himself into a lot of points because he can dribble, he can pass. But the great thing to see out of him, eight rebounds, five assists tonight. That's what he's going to do. You and I watched him as a prep prospect. You love him because he does all those other things except score. Maybe eventually he can do that a little bit better. He's got to get more confident in his shot, even his free throw. But, man, he's going to play a huge role on this team. He's already one of the best rebounders and best defenders on this team. You don't think of him as a freshman, really, just with the way that he plays, with his maturity, with his physicality. And I love the fact that there were a couple of times that they put him in that free throw line, high post area, which a guy that can really pass it if the defense has collapsed. And then also, he's physical enough to go make a play at the rim. Now he's going to have to make those free throws when he gets fouled. Uh, but someone that is just super skilled, you, you don't see too many six foot six guys with that much skill and, and physicality in their first year in uh, college basketball. But then defensively, we also know that he, ne he needs to foul a little bit less. I know that was an issue in the exhibition game. But uh, I mean, the rebounding too, I mean, his rebounding rate is through the roof where he had, I think, eight or nine in the exhibition, like 15 minutes. And tonight uh, had like six and 14 minutes. I don't know what he ultimately finished with. We have nine tonight. Yeah, eight rebounds eight. in 22 minutes. Yeah. yeah, which is really good. One of those offensive glass, Terrence dives down the paint. He hits him with kind of a no look, and, and Terrence gets fouled uh, at the rim. So, uh, yeah, Ty is going to play a big role off the bench, kind of that six-man type of role. And uh, he's he's someone that if he does, I, we don't really need to see him hit jump shots this year, but the free throws for sure are something that could really help him out. Uh, let's talk about the other freshmen, Sky Clark and Jaden Epps. Uh, I thought Sky had some good moments. What I like about him in seeing in the exhibition too, Derek, is uh, he gets after the glass defensively, and, and they need that. They need somebody that can do the Andres Feliz thing and get you five rebounds from that guard position. You lose Kofi, you need everybody else to rebound. Uh, you need to gang rebound, I think uh, Coleman said today. And like that, that certainly is true, and I like that he's doing that. He's not forcing things offensively. I think at some point he will get more aggressive. He was aggressive in the second half of that exhibition. The five turnovers, right, is, is the concern there, and I think you're going to see those kind of games out of him. Jade Nepps. Uh, only one turnover. He had three assists tonight. Didn't force things offensively. I do like that those guys don't seem to be forcing things, but I think you're obviously going to have up and down point guard play right from these freshmen. Yeah, and you can tell that there's more on their plate versus a guy like Sincere Harris where it's pretty clear cut of what he's got to go out there. Not to take anything away from Sincere, but for, for Sky and Jaden, they're trying to make the right play within the offense. They're trying to see the floor. They're trying to also understand that you know Terrence is supposed to get his shots, Coleman, and they're going to play off of that. And I think that ultimately they don't even have to necessarily be the guy that initiates the offense because both are good shooters, both are good scorers. If Terrence is going to drive or if Coleman's going to play make, defense breaks down and those guys are open on the perimeter, that's a, a shot that they definitely are okay with taking, that being uh, the coaching staff. So, yeah, some turnovers tonight for Sky, but I, I do agree with you in terms of the rebounding because he's – I mean, he's built really well. He's strong. Uh, and then also, I just think that there's a there's a smoothness about his game, even though that he did have the five turnovers that uh, I think that we'll see him be more aggressive and dial it up. But again, a guy that hasn't played a whole lot of game action here in the last year and a half, two years. And to be honest, when you have Coleman and TJ Shannon doing what they were doing tonight, he doesn't have to force uh, some of that stuff. And then you had Dane in, in the second half. So, um, you know, the turnovers, you, you get down. 
I do like the pace to his game. I do like he's got – he plays like a 22, 23-year-old at times. So um, let's talk about two of the other starters. Matthew Meyer, not a great debut. Three for nine from the field. He was two for seven, I believe, in the exhibition. Didn't play the final 15 minutes. I, I was watching him. You know, he, he had a tip in. He missed. He was getting frustrated. Like he, the, the body language wasn't great. Now, when he went to the bench, he was cheering for his teammates, all of that stuff. So don't know how much to look into that. But he certainly struggled making shots. Did make a corner three, so one for three from three tonight. Um, but he's just struggled to kind of – Seems like he's floating a little bit, trying to figure out his role in this team, Derek. Like that's something I'm really interested to watch moving forward because TJ Shannon has been seamless. Like he has taken a leadership role. He's like organizing, you know, events for the team. He's a team captain. Like he's the vocal leader. Like he was even telling Matthew during a timeout, "You're good, man. You're good." Um, so it just feels like Myers' transition might be a little tougher. It was a little later. He had the back injury. So that's going to be something really to watch in the non-conference to see how Matthew Meyer fits into this team because it just does, hasn't seemed to go as smooth as, as T.J. Shannon. Right, and there still is a lot of time. But at, yeah. the same, uh, at the same time, there are some questions of why it hasn't fully clicked for him yet or just why you're not hearing more about, oh, Meyer's been fantastic in practice or finally it's clicked. And Brad's gone back to a similar line if you get him in great shape he's still working into shape and he's been cleared since September so you're wondering is it the back that's still nagging him is it just the acclimation process that slowed him down is he not is it as a fifth year guy is he waiting for things to really have a bigger moment bigger stage to, to click in and say okay now this is my time to to step up and be the guy that you know Illinois expected to be getting but again there, there's a lot of time left but I, I think even watching him physically tonight he doesn't necessarily look like the same dude and that might just be a, have been fatigue because I think he's looked more athletic in the past watching him at Baylor but again that could be I don't know if that's lingering back it could just be fatigue uh, but we'll we'll have more of a sample size going forward but to hear the fact that he didn't shoot it well in the Kansas scrimmage he didn't shoot it well in exhibition struggled tonight a little bit offensively it's it's definitely a a point of mind type of factor that needs to be corrected because Illinois is going to get tested extremely uh, out in Vegas, Jimmy B Classic, and they've set this thing up for him to be a marquee player, and, and right now we're not seeing it quite yet. Yeah, um, so I, again, I, I, you don't want to overreact, but it's just you know the small sample size we have. It's, it's, it hasn't been great so far. R.J. Melendez had a fantastic exhibition. I'm not going to worry too much about an 0 for 5 night where he's taking open shots and missing them. We've seen him make shots. But, man, he, he's going to make a living on those corner threes. And I think he missed at least four of them. I don't know if the first one he shot was a corner three. But that, that made Jacob Brandison a lot, right? Like last year, he can make a ton of those corner threes and be really dangerous because if he's making shots and Coleman's making shots and Terrence and Sky are doing what they're doing, this could be a really dangerous team in transition. But I thought RJ was really good defensively. I think he had three blocks, two steals uh, in this game. So, I like that he made an impact, Eric, despite not shooting it well tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You want him to still be able to contribute something. And with his length and his, his skill set, he's able to do that. And, yeah, the blocks are certainly good. Shows that he's engaged defensively. And, and he's one of those guys that can recover, that can uh, be a challenger at the rim, that can be a rebounder. I know that's something that Brad continues to want to push out of him to get more of. He only had two rebounds tonight, so I'm sure that he's probably not entirely pleased with that. But the shooting-wise, I mean, not too concerned. He shot it very well in the exhibition. He went nine for 16 from three last year. Again, small samples, sample size, but one night tonight, 0 for 5, similar to Coleman, 
make, knocking down five doesn't mean he's going to knock down five most nights. Doesn't mean that RJ's going to go over uh, a lot of nights either. So I've, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's just him him finding his comfort zone too, and in, in, in an offense where it, it features Coleman, it features Terrence, and but that is going to, like you said, open up a lot of open looks for him, which I'm sure he'll knock down at a good rate. Yeah, I don't expect Illinois to out rebound a team 53 to 30. Like once you get to Big Ten play, the rebounding is going to need to be done by committee here. Um, but again, I just think the length really translates. Nine blocks tonight, that's more than they had in any game last season. Uh, Ten steals, they really get in the passing lanes and the pressure, Derek, like that, that's going to be fun to watch because offensively they showed some of these things last year, but defensively what they're doing seems, feels like even a bigger change um, than the offense, to be honest, because that, that switching you're talking about, I thought the communication was, was really good for that. So we talk about offensively, yeah, it's more open because of Kofi and you got a guy like Terrence Shannon, it's more like what Io was doing a couple years ago with that length, that size. But um, defensively, it's it's a complete shift, and, and it seems to be one Brad Underwood really likes. I can't wait to see what they do when they get to, against bigger opponents, guys in the post, how they attack those guys. Uh, but it's certainly a great start on that end tonight. Yeah, absolutely. It is going to be a challenge when you do get that five-man that you're able to throw it into. And if it's Dickinson, if it's Edie, uh, we're going to see more post traps, and maybe you don't switch everything because you don't want to have Coleman caught out on the perimeter and then try to recover uh, and have that delayed to where they can get an easy basket inside. But it's just the ability to have the one through five switch, which uh, I know that Marty Simmons said it really messed up their intentions of running offense. Because when you think about coming off screens, you're trying to create angles. You're trying to create some some advantages for driving lanes and, and running shooters off screens. But if you switch everything, there's there's no – there, there's nothing gained in terms of positioning. You're not, you're not creating those things. So uh, that allows Illinois to – to cover you and take you out of your stuff. But also, uh, I think that with the 94 feet, with pressuring, playing into turnovers uh, is something they can absolutely do. And I, I think we've all kind of thought that this team would probably be further ahead defensively than offensively early on. I know yeah. that's that's pretty much a, a common characteristic early on in college basketball in general. But uh, for a new team, I think you just let your length, athleticism show and fly around. And then offensively, it's kind of more chemistry-based uh, and have that click a little bit further down the road. By the way, Joey Wagner, uh, he's busy writing a piece on Terrence Shannon. Um, he, he said he called Sincere Harris. That, that's his guy. Um, so, so he claimed that. Did you, did you claim a guy, a freshman in this, this class so far? Jaden Epps was my guy. Okay. I think I took Ty Rogers. Yep. Uh, Sky Clark came along a little too late um, to, to actually be called the guy. So that, those are our three, right? We'll see in three years who comes out on right. top, I guess. Joey won tonight. I mean, that's <laughs> that's obvious. And uh, he did make the trip to Akron, so we'll, he definitely gets dibs on that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see in a few years, maybe a few months. We'll kind of reevaluate. But uh, nice early lead for Joey. All right, let's uh, wrap up this pod. We'll look at some of the – if you guys get any questions or, or feedback. I know it's later at night, so, so not as many people. But um, signing day is Wednesday. Sneaking up on me, Derek, with football season going the way it is and the start of basketball season. It's another huge signing day. Uh, right now, I think it's the number 26 class in the country with two four-star commits. Zachary Perrain is part of that class right now. What do you expect signing day? What's this one mean for, for Brad Underwood with Amani Hansberry, uh, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn, and Zachary Perrain? 
I expect us to get a lot of questions about Zachary Perrine's ranking in, in the meantime. But uh, all seriousness, Perrine is supposed to sign. So a guy that did sign a financial tender this past summer was hoping to get here this fall and ultimately didn't. Now it's Sunrise Christian. He's going to sign his letter of intent, uh, which is good news to continue to lock him up and, and have him be able to be officially still part of the future for Illinois and uh, someone that's very, very skilled, uh, that has the ability to, in, in a similar fashion of Coleman, being able to facilitate outside the paint, be able to put the ball on the deck. He does need to shoot it better as his career goes on. He needs to add some more strength. But uh, that type of mold is, once again, a, a long six foot ten, six foot eleven type of big man that is the new age skilled type of big man uh, that's excited to, exciting to put him in the fold here coming forward and, and on the note of skill and, and new age big man I mean Imani Hansberry is someone that he I'm claiming him my guy in this class I, I watched a lot they of landed him you yeah. were too afraid to, to call him your guy because you didn't think they'd land him well they land him Derek he's officially your guy yeah thank you and <laughs> we did get to watch a lot of him this summer and uh, his physicality his ability to rebound, score. I mean, he, there's just a ton to love about Imani, and everyone knows the way that he shot up in the rankings is, has been something that was – he was a storyline at Peach Jam. He was one of the prime performers on, on a, the biggest stages uh, in AAU. So to add him to the mix, uh, he's, a, he's a Chester guy. He's, a, he's one of those tough, physical uh, type of – a Ty Rogers type uh, with a skill and maybe, I think, a better jump shot. Uh, and then Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn just continuing to have you loaded at guard, someone that is athletic, that can, can score it. Uh, and coming off, still working through, coming off similar to Scott, coming off a major injury within the last year or so, and uh, down in Mount Verde, expecting to have a big season. So getting him in the mix, a former Purdue commit, and uh, he's a guy that has been highly touted throughout his career. All right, Derek, a few questions before we get out of here. You guys can type them in, uh, but only a few. we got to get out of here. But um, TB said it's early, but this is the best freshman class in decades, and it's not close. I mean, it's ranked as high as any since D, Darren, and uh, those guys, Augie, came here. Uh, I, I do think this is a great class. I think it complements each other really well. I think Sky and Ty both have chances at the NBA uh, someday. I don't know if there's a guy that's going to be Io DeSumo or Kofi Coburn, All-Americans yet, right? But it's certainly a great four-man class where I think all these guys are going to make significant impacts on the program at some point. Sky and Ty clearly going to make a big impact this year. Jaden and Sincere off the bench. I think you see some ups and downs. Sincere at some point is going to have to score. Uh, I know he scored tonight, but he's going to have to continue to do that. But all these guys are going to play huge roles right away or at least significant rotational roles at some point. Right. I know it's the first time Illinois had a top 10 class since that Myers Leonard, Jeremy Richmond, Crandall Head class for Bruce Weber, which of course didn't pan out the way that Bruce would have liked. Myers with his potential able to go to the NBA. Jeremy after freshman year didn't, didn't stick around. So uh, that was one that was unrealized in terms of their ultimate potential. But yeah, you go back to uh, the D and Darren class with James and uh, a sneaky good class that didn't maybe pay off as much as the talent that was there, but a Andre Curbelo, I know people don't want to hear about Andre Curbelo. Oh, yeah. You see his tech, by the way? Uh, Andre Curbelo. Oh, he's back. He's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun to watch. <laughs> Curbelo, Miller, and Hawkins in the class. That's a pretty talented class. And Miller's probably going to have a big year, right? I mean, Andre Curbelo's going to run the ship at, at St. John's, and it's, it's going to be fun uh, to watch. Probably more fun for a lot of fans than it was last year, but... Yeah, that was a very—I mean, it was a very talented class. Just didn't hang around long. Coleman Hawkins could end up the best of them all, yeah. which is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, one that for Chin Coleman that gets a, a lot of credit. You think about Adesumu, Adam Miller, uh, Coleman Hawkins was one that he really identified well and, and, and pursued. So, uh, 
give him a shout out there. Although I know the Atlanta fans uh, very, 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 very over chin. Uh, TV said, I think the chemistry and how each player figures out the hierarchy role is going to be a major factor with this team. Of course, that's what the non-conference is going to be so fascinating to watch because I think it's going to be um, some growing pains, right? Like there's going to be some bad moments. There's going to be some good moments. I think the start already, Derek, is showing us like this is Coleman Hawkins and TJ Shannon's team. Like the, the, these, these are the guys who are the captains before the game. They're the guys who went to media day, right? Like those are the leaders of the team. I think that is unquestioned. Uh, and then the freshmen seem to be really attacking, you know, the way they work, their process really well. They're just going to have to feel themselves out on the court on this stage in a different team where they're not the best player on the team. Uh, the guys who are going to be the most interesting to me uh, to kind of fit in their role is, R.J. Melendez, maybe in April, was thinking he was going to be a star of this team. He still can be, um, but it's a different role when you got a guy like Shannon uh, on the wing. And Meyer, you know, probably thought he was going to be you know, number two or number one on this team. How does he figure it out? Like, those will be fascinating to watch. But I think, I think these guys mostly have the right mindset, right? It seems like they're all pretty much bought into this thing. Yeah, I definitely agree, and they've needed someone that's been a willing leader. And the fact that we're hearing all that we have about Shannon says a ton in terms of bringing guys together on his own, uh, his work ethic has set the tone. And then also, I mean, I saw tonight a play where Jaden Epps was about ready to get chewed coming to the bench for Brad Underwood, and, and Terrence kind of stopped him, said a few words to him, and then obviously Brad got after him. And uh, But the fact that you have a veteran that has your back like that and, and can go to you and maybe calm the situation, uh, keep your emotions in check, is, is very valuable. So uh, to get that out of Terrence, obviously we know his athleticism, his production, uh, that has been very, very key. Coleman, like we said, has been more mature. And we'll see how Meyer slots into that, because if they can get – that third pillar with a guy like Meyer who can play up to that type of standard, which is honestly what we've been expecting out of him since the offseason. And yeah, with RJ in terms of slotting into his role, but it's still trying to find how to play off each other. That's that's kind of the nature of early season basketball, especially one with so many new pieces. Yeah, uh, Brandon said, curious what the bench rotation is going to look like. Nine guys got 15 plus minutes. It's not going to be that. I mean, by the end of Big Ten play, it's usually seven to eight guys, right? So. You know it's going to be Hawkins, Shannon, Melendez, Meyer, Clark, Rogers, Danger, and then for me it's what's Jaden Epps? How's he playing in Big Ten play? How's Sincere Harris playing in Big Ten play? When does Luke Goody get back? Can he gel? Can he be in shape by the time you're you're making a push for the uh, the postseason? Right? Like those are the big questions. So I think the top seven is pretty written in some of Meyer, Hawkins, Shannon, Melendez, Clark, Rogers, uh, and Danger. Connor Servant's not going to play nine minutes tonight? Probably not. Shout out Connor Servant. Hey, he did get on the court and do some things tonight. But, yeah, I think that uh, Sincere has definitely shown that he's going to be in the rotation, get the opportunity. I think that there's, there's going to be some nights where he's going to make some mistakes. And even for as fun as his dunk attempts were, he was over on, on his dunk attempts. But uh, Jaden Epps is one, my guy in, in the freshman class, that I'll definitely be watching to see more out of him in terms of making good decisions offensively, making shots to kind of to balance out what is still some inexperience. But out of need, they're going to probably want to play him at that point guard spot unless they decide, you know, for a stretch they want to go Ty Rogers at the point or, or Coleman Hawkins uh, and kind of that, that point five or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I think it goes about eight, eight deep. And when uh, Luke gets back, Luke's going to be a factor too. 
Yeah, Brock asked, what's the ceiling of this group with Goody coming off injury? I think the ceiling of this group is is make a deep NCAA tournament run and compete for a Big Ten championship. But um, Goody, I don't know what he'd look like when he comes back. He's scooting around right now uh, on one of those little carts where his foot's kind of laid up. So it's going to take a couple months to, to heal, and then all of a sudden we'll see how quickly he can ramp this up, feel like he's good enough to play. And then I always say when you have an injury like that early in the season, Derek, we saw it Curbella last year to, to get back in the swing of things, um, to gel with a team that's already kind of established itself. It's always really hard to do. So my, my expectations for Luke Goody aren't as high as they would have been if he, if he didn't have this injury, right? So I, I would check my expectations on that. Uh, I think the team you're going to have for most of the season is going to be the team you saw tonight. Yeah, and it stinks for Luke because you think yeah. about him, one of his best qualities is his three-point shooting, and that's uh, routine, rhythm type of thing that he's just going to be told not to shoot for – uh, weeks, maybe even months at a time. I got a story. Like he was on this little scooter and he wanted to shoot. Like he was, he was teasing his teammates. Like I'm going to shoot. He didn't do it, which was smart. You don't need to really do anything right now, Luke. Right. If he can get back, you know, at some point you're forecasting some somewhere in January. That's a nice stretch of a Big Ten play to to get acclimated. Even if he's not going to be the hugest boost right away, but if you can get him right by March, uh, and you think about when you're talking about ceiling, then yeah, it is one that. He can factor in uh, as someone as a role p role player down the stretch, and yeah, it is. It's it's all about upside and, and what they could potentially do. And I think that it is uh, a deep run now. Is it if we just sat here and said, yeah, they can go to the Final Four? I mean, there's a handful of teams right now that have the talent on paper to go to the Final Four, but it's it's how obviously we've seen matchups, how you're clicking down the stretch, and a lot of that's going to have to do with freshmen stepping up and just how things go in terms of chemistry and, and it all clicking. All right, we'll wrap up with one from Lunkers, who's uh, been spamming this entire thing. I've never seen so many comments from one guy, but appreciate the passion there, Lunkers. Uh, he, he said, um, I feel any team with a good big can compete with us. We're not big enough. Brad Underwood chose to do that, and certainly Zach Eadie's tough for anybody. Like, he's going to get his – um, but you're not going to play him like you played when you had Kofi, right? This is going to be completely different, and that's what I'm going to be fascinated to see. I don't know how many guys like that or big guys you're going to have early on in the season. You're going to see more teams early on. Baylor, if you play them, I think Virginia, uh, certainly you know Texas, those teams. Like, they might have some bigs, but they're not Edie. They're not Hunter Dickinson, right? Like You're going to play some more versatile teams. I think that's going to be great. It's a great kind of preview of the NCAA tournament and why Illinois is doing what it's doing. But you're not going to play Zach Edie head-to-head with most of your guys. Maybe Dane can, but Coleman Hawkins and Matthew Meyer are probably going to blitz him, right? Or, or, they're going to blitz him, get the ball just like Houston did. Houston didn't have a guy like Kofi. They had some long guys, but they didn't have a big guy like Kofi. So that's going to be fun to watch, to see how that works, and then to see those big guys, Edie, Hunter. Um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis certainly can defend them, but see those guys be stretched out and have to defend a guy like Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, I think that in terms of body type, Coleman and Trace are a pretty good matchup yeah, for each yeah. other with length and, and the fact that they're not necessarily bruisers inside. Now Coleman is going to have to show that he can guard those those type of post-locked big guys or guys that are so good around the basket. But then again, we, we haven't even seen yet what their approach is going to be when they trap the post. Because they, they obviously, between Quincy and, 
Eastern haven't seen someone that has forced their hand, we need to trap this guy or we need to get this ball uh, out of this guy's hands. Obviously, that Zach Eady will be one of those. Uh, we could probably see that with Trace uh, Dickinson as well. And But the, the contrast to, to an Eady type or just someone that is – less mobile and, and is imposing in the paint is you got to guard Coleman on the perimeter. You got to, if Coleman's making threes, that's going to be a trade-off that can be good for Illinois, especially if they are effectively yeah. trapping that post and they have the athleticism and length to be able to, to do that. Of course, it is going to be a chemistry thing of, of being able to play out of that and being able to recover and everything. And uh, we'll just see that, how that plays out. Shout out, Lunkers. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. That's right. Hey, some of them go in. Uh, thank you for listening to the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Appreciate you guys that joined us on the live YouTube. We're going to do this for every game. Man, these 8 p.m. games are making for late ones, so appreciate you guys. Hopefully you got a drink in your hands. Uh, we're going to get a late night's sleep here, but um, give us a like on the YouTube. Appreciate you guys following us. And if you're listening to this on the playback, come join us for one of these. It's a lot of fun to get interaction uh, with you guys throughout this. So everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. And Derek and I will talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.